Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus, more than anything. Hallelujah. You ought to give the Lord a hand clap of praise, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his peace endures to all generations. Amen. Lord, I love you more than anything. Amen. 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 We thank God for the music ministry of this church and for our musicians. We thank God for all of you ushering in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I have been to um, Allen Temple on a number of occasions, but this is my first time being here for worship. Uh, and when I um, came in this morning, I, I shared with Reverend uh, Dr. Marriott that your curb appeal, that the, the exterior of the church is beautiful. Amen. And so it's beautiful on the outside, but I'm going to tell you it's beautiful on the inside as well because there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know that it's the presence of the Lord. Amen. And so we thank God for your pastor and for your first lady uh, and for all of the ways in which uh, the Lord is using them to be, able to, um, to be able to put together the type of worship experience that would allow us to be able to celebrate um, what, how good God is. Amen. And for the freedom of expression that allows us to be able to say, Lord, I love you more than anything. Amen. Amen. Certainly to your pastor and my friend, the Reverend Dr. Hugh Marriott, my brother, uh, to Reverend Brown and to the other ministerial staff members, uh, to my sister-in-law and niece, I thank God for all of you. And to all of you, my brothers and sisters, the officers and members of friends of, um, of this great church. Amen. I bring you greetings from Allen Chapel AME Church in Hartford, um, and I am thankful for this opportunity to be able to be with you and to be able to proclaim what thus saith the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm especially thankful for your ministry uh, at this church, and as Reverend um, Marriott said, um, I'm, I'm very happy to be a supporter of the work that you are doing, uh, and I, I really am still wanting to go on the Guatemala trip. And what I've said to um, Reverend Dr. Marriott is every time I'm at a place where I'm able to get the congregation to the point where we want to go to, then I get moved. And so then, so then we got to start over again. But, but even, when, um, even when that happens, we're still sending supplies and resources to be able to bless you. And so we're going to get there one day. But the people, of, the people of Allen Chapel were very supportive of this last trip. Amen. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Amen. And there is a word from the Lord. Let's go to God in prayer. God, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this time that we have together. We thank you, God, because we love you more than anything. We love you, Lord, more than, than life itself, God, because you have given us life. And so, Lord, we say thank you. Lord, you woke us up this morning and you started us on our way. And for that, we say thank you. You allowed us to come together and worship, Lord. And so, God, we say thank you. Lord, it's not an accident that we are here, but, God, it was all a part of your divine plan. And so, God, we say thank you. Lord, I'm asking right now, Lord, that you bless this preaching moment, Lord, that you might be glorified. Lord, reduce Kevin, Lord, that you might increase. Lord, I can't preach until your Holy Spirit comes. So come now, Holy Spirit. Come now, Heavenly Dove. Be right here in this place, Lord. You're already here. And so, Lord, I'm asking that you be in this preaching moment. Let the words of my mouth, Lord, and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you are my strength and my Redeemer. 
and the people of God saying, Amen. Amen. Our scripture today was read um, by our licentiate, and we thank God for him. Uh, our scripture is that um, those verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 12 to 27. Because it was read, I won't read it in its entirety, but I will um, lift up verse number 27, which is our text today. Amen. Verse number 27 says, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Amen. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. We'll get to the subject in just a moment. First Corinthians, you should know, is an instructive book written by the Apostle Paul to the early church at Corinth. And nestled right between Paul's straight talk in chapter 11 about taking the Holy Communion seriously and in chapter 13 where he talks about the characteristics of love, um, Paul is using the 12th chapter letting us know about the body of Christ. Amen? Earlier in the chapter, Paul uses the first 11 verses to speak of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen? The gifts of prophecy and speaking in tongues and interpreting tongues and wisdom and in knowledge. But in the verses that were lifted up this morning, Paul uses a very simple metaphor, the human body, to express one of the most important facets of Christianity, and that is that we are members of the body of Christ. Each of us is in the body for a reason, and each of us is essential to the body. Amen? Amen. Now, I'm thankful that, um, that we're wearing the blue ribbons today, for it is, um, as was said earlier, Colon Cancer Awareness Month. It is also Women's History Month, and you should know that today is also International Women's Day. Amen? But you wouldn't necessarily know that it's International Women's Day. You wouldn't know that it's um, Women's History Month because earlier this week, the last female viable candidate for uh, the Democratic nomination dropped out. Amen? And so maybe, women, you're feeling like there's not a place for you in the political process. You, you might have come to church today with a heavy heart because you feel like on your job or in your life that you don't have a place. But I'm here to tell you our subject today is that everybody is somebody in the body of Christ. Let me say that again, that everybody is somebody in the body of Christ. Amen? Now, the scripture was read earlier, and I lifted up the text, but let's go back into um, the, the passage and let's understand what Paul is saying. Verse number 12 says again that the body is a unit and that though it's made up of many parts and through all parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized in one spirit and in one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. It's always a beautiful sight when a baby begins to discover the different parts of their body. Has anybody been there? Often a child will put their foot in their mouth or pull on their ear and find out that everything is attached just right. It's the period from four months to 12 months when they recognize their image in a mirror, when they begin to reach for your glasses or your necklace and everything that is not secured so tightly. It's the stage that makes patty cake and peekaboo so much fun. The, the parents and grandparents here know what I'm talking about. But fortunately, at our stage of our lives, we've matured in our understanding of the human anatomy, and we know that the body is made up of the foot and the ear and the hands and the legs and the eyes, and they are all attached to one body. 
so too is the body of Christ, Paul says. The, the body of Christ is made up of many parts. And so this morning, church, no matter what our ethnic background is, no matter what our socioeconomic status is, no matter our educational attainment or our Greek letter organization affiliation, our political affiliation, our denomination, our, 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 our street address, our body shape, our hair texture or our skin tone, our preference in peanut butter, creamy or chunky, our preference in chicken, original or extra crispy, our favorite flavor of Kool-Aid, red or grape. If you've accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are a member of the body of Christ. That's an important distinction because Paul says in verse number 13, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Yes, if you've been baptized by water and baptized by the Holy Spirit, then you are a member of the body of Christ. Read John 3, 5. It says, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth that no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and of the Spirit. Check out Paul or Peter's message on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, 38. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you don't know the difference of what I'm talking about, Reverend Dr. Marriott will be saving a seat for you at Bible study each Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Amen. Amen. Let's go on in our text. Verse number 14 tells us that now the body is made up of uh, one, uh, not of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. One of the most intriguing aspects of Paul's use of the human body motif is this inherent simplicity. It would be ridiculous, Paul says, for the foot to say, because I'm not the hand, I don't belong to the body. The foot would go on being the foot and would continue to be a member of the body, wouldn't it? And it would be foolish for the ear to say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. Simply because the ear said so doesn't make it so, does it? That would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? It, it would be foolish. It would, it would be childish even, wouldn't it? Amen? But then why then do we say, not at this church, other churches, why do we say, well, I'm not the ministry leader, so my voice doesn't count. I, I'm not an officer, and so I'm not going to come to that meeting. I, I'm, not, I'm not one of those rich people, so I'm not going to tithe. Why would we say that? Amen. Matthew 5.13 applies to you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be trampled out, thrown out and trampled by people. You are a member of the organization, aren't you? That means you have a say in how the organization is run. You are a member of the church, and that means that you're entitled to your opinion and can voice it using 
the appropriate channels, amen, just like any officer of the church, amen. Galatians 6.10 is still in effect. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good unto all people, especially unto them who are of the family of believers, amen. And Malachi 3.10 is still true. Prove me now herewith that the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. This is your church, and God bless you with your source of income, and he's only asking you for 10% of what he blessed you with, and he wants to show you how to live with the remaining 90. Everybody is a member of the body, and literally, we can't cut off our nose despite our face. Amen, somebody. Let's keep reading. Verse number 17 tells us, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If all the part, if all were one part, where would the body be? That is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the hand can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Now, each of us has five senses, amen? Except for women who swear to having a sixth sense, women's intuition, amen? But for the rest of us, those five senses are the sense of smell, taste, hearing, sight, and touch. Amen? We use our nose to smell, our mouths to taste, our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hands or the surface of our bodies to touch. Paul speaks of those senses in verse number 7 to 17 to 21. If the entire body were an eye, he says, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? No, all aspects of the body are important. Everyone in the body of Christ has a purpose. Some of us sing, some of us dance, some of us preach, some of us organize, some of us direct, some of us usher, some of us pray, some of us stand in the gap. Others of us play an instrument or we lead or we follow, we teach, we design, we draw. And the singer can't say to the dancer, I don't need you. And the designer can't say to the organizer, I don't need you. Verse number 18 says that God has arranged all the parts of the body just as he wanted them to be. All of these things and more are in the body of Christ because God ordained them to be so. Paul uses the same explanation in verse 11 to describe how God determines which of the spiritual gifts are in the body. And the answer in verse 11 says, because those are the one that God needs in the body of Christ. May I make it plain to you today? You might be asking yourself the question, why are you here this morning? You, you might want to be wondering, or, or why do you have that ministry? burning inside of you. You might be wondering why is that idea keeping you up at night? You might be wondering why are you talented in the way that you are? Well, I've stopped by to tell somebody today the answer is because God said so and he ordained it to be that way. 
Psalm 139.14 says that you, that means you, are fearfully and wonderfully made. Genesis 1.27 says that you are made in the image of God. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you, that's you, are my chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who are called out of the darkness and into his marvelous night. Why are you here? Because God wanted you to be here. Why do you have that ministry? Because it's needed in the body of Christ. Let's keep going. Verse number 22 says, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there will be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Church, in your spare time, I encourage you to take a look at the church at Antioch in Acts chapter 12. In that particular passage, the apostle Peter uh, was arrested and jailed for his beliefs. And the early church came together and prayed to God through the Holy Spirit together in unity, publicly, specifically, earnestly, and perseveringly for Peter's release. Immediately after his arrest, the church mobilized in prayer groups and began and praying that God would change the situation. And I don't know about you, but that's the type of church God is calling the AME Church to be, Allen Temple to be, where we mobilize in prayer and we pray that God will have his way in our lives and in the life of the church. Paul says in these verses that there's no room in the body for any divisions. If you're reading from the King James Version, you have the word schism, which means dis discord or disharmony. No, there needs to be harmony in the body of Christ. We need to be on one accord, Allen Temple. Am I right about it? Do you remember what happened in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when the disciples were on one accord? Well, you, you should know in Acts 2 that the Holy Spirit fell upon them like cloven doves and they were filled with the Spirit. The Bible says that 3,000 souls were saved that day. And I want you to read Acts 2 for yourself to find out that I'm telling you the truth. Uh, Alan Temple, if we get on one accord, there's nothing that God can't do. Uh, if, if we remember what Paul says in verse 26, when I hurt, you hurt. Uh, and when you hurt, I hurt. Uh, when you rejoice, I rejoice. When I celebrate, you celebrate. We remember that each of us has been in the body for a reason and we come together on one accord. We can be like the church at Antioch. We can come together in prayer and change the world. And that's why I like what you're doing here at this church because you're reaching out to Jerusalem, Judea, and all the ends of the earth. We can change the world if we would get on one accord. 
well, I'm almost ready to take my seat, but I, but I want everybody to understand uh, that I am somebody in the body of Christ. Am I right about it? If God called you to be the feet, proudly say that I'm in the body of Christ and be the best feet that you can be. We need some strong feet to carry out the Great Commission. In Matthew 28, 19, and 20, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things and whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I'm with you even until the end of the world. Well, if God called you to be the legs, proudly say, I'm somebody in the body of Christ and be the best legs that you can be. We need some strong legs uh, to stand in the gap. Uh, Ezekiel 22 and 30 said, I look for a man among them uh, who would build the wall and stand before me on behalf of the land uh, so that I would not destroy it, but I found none. We need some legs today. Well, if God called you to be the knees, uh, be the best knees that you can be uh, and proudly say, I am somebody in the body of Christ. Uh, we need some strong knees in the church uh, to support the body in prayer. I found out that James 5, 16 is true. The prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. Well, if God called you to be the arms, say I'm somebody in the body of Christ and be the best arms that you can be. The songwriter said, we are soldiers in the army, so we need some strong arms to hold up the bloodstained banner. We've got to hold it up until we die. Well, if God called you to be the hands, say I am somebody in the body of Christ and be the best hands that you can be. We need some strong hands to follow through with Psalm 134 and 2. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. Well, if you, God called you to be the heart, uh, say that I am somebody in the body of Christ uh, and be the best heart uh, you can be. Uh, we need a strong heart in the body. That's why David was able to say in Psalm 51 and 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Why? Because we have to love our neighbors as ourselves. But church, I want you to know, make no mistake about it, there's only one head in the body. And Jesus Christ is the head of the body. Amen? That's why Psalm Philippians 2, 5 through 11 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. Wherefore God has also exalted him and has given him the name which is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, church, every knee should bow, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Say with me today, church, I am somebody. I am somebody. I am somebody in the body of Christ because everybody is somebody in the body of Christ. God bless you.